Hey there, Frontlines listeners. This is Mike letting you know about this week's sponsor, Audible.com. Head over to audiblepodcast.com slash clonewars to download your free audiobook. Choose from over 60,000 titles, including a wide array of Star Wars and Clone Wars audiobooks. So head over to audiblepodcast.com slash clonewars to start your free trial today. Hey, Frontlines fans, welcome to the 40th, yes, the 40th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Senate Murders. And it has been a while, Mike, since we've been here. Yes, that is our host, Mike. I am your co-host, Matt. And uh, it's been about a, over a month now, huh, Mike, since we've been it's on? It's been a long time. It's been a long, time. Seems long. like a long, long... Uh, yeah, for, unless, long. unless you listen to the live show that we did on Ustream which uh, hasn't been posted on the site yet. Probably won't be, uh, just mostly out of laziness on my part. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and we had a lot of technical issues, so it didn't quite hit where we wanted it to be quality-wise. So. Right, yeah. Um, but those of you who did pop in, and you can go to Ustream and check it out. You can check out like four or five different <laughs> files or whatever because uh, I got disconnected a whole bunch of times. Yeah. My computer crashed and all sorts of stuff. It was wonderful. Those of you who were there, no, uh, it was fun to chat with everybody though. That was really cool. Yeah, that's a, that was a good, good time right there. And uh, yeah. hopefully we can get some things work out and try it again in the future. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm actually I'm actually planning on buying a new computer pretty quick. At which oh, point, sweet. it's possible to do that sort of thing. Um, we just don't quite have the setup at the moment. Yeah. To, uh, to do it to the quality that we want, right? And we don't, I don't want to put out a podcast that's not worth your guys' time. So, yeah. Uh, if you're really, really interested, you can head over to ustream.com. Uh, what is it? Slash channel slash podcast, I think. I think that's what it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can check it out there. Uh, you can check out all the different episodes and that sort of thing. Um other than that, yeah, it's been a it's been a long time because we had what almost four weeks off. Yeah, and that's on uh, that's on Cartoon Cartoon Network. We kind of discussed this a little bit on the live cast. How you know they're stretching this thing out. Uh, last year we were already done by this time. And yeah, obviously, yeah, Owen Wars knows that they got a hit on their hands and they're going to stretch it out as far as they can. 
Yeah, for sure. So this is nothing that Lucasfilm, you know, the, the episode is already done. Yeah. It's just getting clone, uh, Cartoon Network to air them in a more consistent manner. But uh, I think we're on our last, uh, I think they're going to roll through the rest of them, as far as I know. I don't know if you've heard any different, but I think that the rest of the episodes are going to be coming every week now until we finish. So. Yeah, I think so. I think we've got what, seven more, something like that. So. Uh, well, maybe you do. I think I've got about... If you, however many you have, I have one less because I'm a week ahead of you. I know. I, we got to catch up because this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. We'll actually, we'll talk about that a little bit more in the mailbag. But in Canada, on Teletoon, yeah. we're currently a week ahead. So I've already seen next week's episode. Or wow. this Friday's episode when, when we're recording. So, uh, and I can tell you for a fact, it's awesome. It's a really good episode. Oh, nice. Seven, it looked like it was going to be cool. This was all right, but... Yeah. I, oh, what, what was it called? I can't even remember. Cat and Mouse. Cat and Mouse. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so good. It's got a, an awesome new villain in it. It's got Anakin and uh, and a really cool new ship and uh, and a lot of stuff. That it's 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 awesome. I, I look forward to discussing that one next week. Right. That's the hardest part. Is that like I'm a week ahead <laughs> and I talk about the next episode, but we got to talk about Senate Murphy. Yeah, we got to start with this one. Yeah. Well, let's uh, before we do that, we'll hit some uh, news and some collecting real quick. Um, so a lot of chatter has been going on about the live action series update on uh, Twitter and just all over the internet. And uh, there's a story out of the Chicago Tribune, and I'm gonna um, just read some quotes here from the Chicago Tribune. It says they're working uh, with writers on the scripts. A Lucasfilm representative said in response to a query. Quote, uh, they won't set a production date for season one until the scripts are done. But work on the unnamed show's scripts appear to be at an advanced stage, which isn't surprising considering the writing of a live-action show began two years ago. Could that mean that the live-action series, which has no network home yet, could swing into production sometime next year? Who knows? After all, some fan sites seem convinced that the show, the TV show, will debut in 2011 but Lucasfilm isn't saying. And that, again, is from the Chicago Tribune. And, and that'd be nice to see it in 2011. I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, but it does say that the scripts are at an advanced stage. And I think they're going to do what they kind of did with the Clone Wars, is, is have everything, have all the scripts done, maybe even have a whole season done. I don't know. That's what I thought I heard they were going to do. I don't know if you heard any different. Um yeah, no, that's uh, that's that seems to be the way that they want to do it is like similar sort of fashion, have a whole whole year worth of scripts done and then get ready to go. I think because of the because of the production timelines, right. because it's, it's so heavy on post production that they have to get those scripts in and they have to just be shooting footage constantly so that they can work on the uh, on the effects because I think it's just going to take a really long time. Um, oh, yeah. that's Like, show, shows like Stargate Universe, which is which is one of the more recent ones on sci-fi, and, uh, and like, Battlestar Galactica and, uh, and the new Battlestar Galactica series. Like, shows like that are going to be put to shame when this comes up, because where they really try and limit themselves and, and you know, stick to sets and that sort of thing, right. I don't think they're going to see that sort of problem in uh in a in a new star wars series i mean there will be home sets right there will be right, something right. 
I'm sure, like a Millennium Falcon type setting, like a ship that we are constantly in, that uh, that's familiar and stuff. You have to have that stuff with a TV show, but they won't be reliant. Right. I think it's the big difference. I think uh, that's a good point because that's what I'm hoping for is is some a series where, you know, with Lucasfilm, he's not gonna. I think I don't know. I don't want to say he spares no expense, but. I think, you know, when you look at the, the prequel trilogy, he wasn't afraid to, you know, push the boundary, and hopefully he does that again with the TV series. And shows like uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles, I know they were, and, and a lot of these like V and stuff, they have to stick to a certain amount of, of money they use on on effects and, and, and things of that nature. Hopefully they won't do that with the live action series, and um, they can kind of just let it go and... and let the scripts and everything dictate on how the movie, how the TV show is going to go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, 2011. I don't know. That'd be sweet. That's all, that's next year. But um, I'm kind of holding my breath. Have my fingers crossed. The fact that we haven't it. heard anything about but nothing else. Yeah. Is that is that like that leads me to believe that this isn't happening yet. Right. That they're still in the writing process. Um, I think that the biggest thing is that they've got this other animated series that we've been hearing about. And like this right. past uh, word kind of came out on this series, which is being codenamed Squishies. Squishies, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you guys need to relax. It's not going to be called Squishies. It's going to end up being called Star Wars Galactic Heroes. Yeah. Just like, you know, Marvel Superhero Squad. It's going to be the exact same thing, but with Star Wars. Like, I don't know what people are getting all bent out of shape about, Right. I guess it's the same thing that the Marvel fans got all bent out of shape about. And they were all like, oh, this is clearly because Disney has just bought Marvel. And it's like, um, Disney bought Marvel, like, the week that Superhero Squad hit the air. I'm afraid right. that they need a little bit more lead time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A, but, yeah, like, people got really upset at that show. And yet it's getting a whole new generation into... Uh, Marvel superheroes and stuff, you know, like anything that gets a kid interested in reading comic books is cool, and uh, and anything that gets kids interested in Star Wars is cool by the same token, you know, like right. Uh, I don't know why people are getting so so upset about it, but uh, but I think that that show is gonna sort of take precedence over the live action series because it's gonna be cheaper to produce. And it's going to be easier to get off of the ground. And then once that, right. and the Clone Wars are off the ground. I mean, Clone Wars is already off the ground. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, off and running, right? Like it's as everyone that listens to this show knows, it's uh, it's got no no issues with its production quality or timeline or anything like that. So, um, but they got to get this next animated series off the ground before they even start thinking about a live action. And I don't know how much they want to have three series running all at once. You yeah, I, that's kind of hard to see that. I, as well as all the video games and stuff, all the times, all the Happy Meal toys. Yeah. It just seems like it would be too much too quick. Because, um, I mean, we've got another Force Unleashed game coming out. We've got uh, The Old Republic coming out in 2011. Right. I, I don't think that we need the live-action series next year. I think I there's a lot of Star Wars stuff between now and then, and uh, and I think that we can wait. But you know what? 
C5 is going to be the real determining factor. Right. Hopefully we get some information out of that. We'll uh, definitely hear about this animated series. I guarantee that. Yeah. And if it's possible, uh, you and I will be there to uh, to cover that news. Cover it. Um, if we can get in and, you know, see an episode early or something like that. Right. Um, which well, I should probably email somebody about setting that sort of stuff up soon. Yeah. Well, you know, the uh, the Galactic Heroes is a, is a really popular line of toys and, and collectibles. And uh, they're awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're really, and they got some cool stuff coming out this year. So it seems kind of natural to go that route with the with the new cartoon series. So you know it's going to be geared to the uh, obviously real young kids. You know, sixes and fives and and stuff like that. So um, you know, I don't know if it's going to really be up our alley, but hey, who knows? No, if, if it's original trilogy, you know, you never know. If it's original trilogy, then I will watch. Like I'm probably gonna watch it regardless. It's Star Wars, right? Yeah. Uh, but like, if, if it's original trilogy, then it's something I'm more inclined to watch. And uh, but it's uh, it's probably not something that we'll ever really no. cut on the show. Right. Um, no. We'll leave that to somebody else. If somebody else wants to cover it and do episodes and post them on our site, uh, email me, Mike. <laughs> there it is. And, uh, and we'll be happy to figure that out for but, uh But, yeah, I don't think, like, it's not the sort of thing. Like, with the live-action show, I fully intend on doing a podcast for that, you know. But for this show, no. It, yeah. it, it's going to be kid-oriented. It's not going to be necessary to even have commentary about it. Yeah. Um, it'll be too much to discuss. It'll be like, ew, Jabba the Hutt's disgusting. Yeah, he smells like <laughs> <laughs> that's what superhero squads like i mean like it's it's great for the kids right but it's not something that i tune into yeah well that's... speaking of the live action series there's another story and this one is about daniel logan who played boba fett in uh episode two reprising his role now it, here it is it's not necessarily clear on whether it's the clone wars or the live action series and this was um from a comic con director uh daniel logan is in this uh phoenix arizona uh con and uh this lady uh marketing director annabella martinez uh quoted as saying i know everyone is excited about daniel's role of the young boba fett but personally i want to ask him what it was like meeting kevin sorbo and this is referring to some of his earlier roles in the Hercules series. Now, I don't know if she's actually made a mistake there and let the cat out of the bag, or if we're talking about a live action series or the Clone Wars series as the voice. You know, it's not necessarily clear, but it has been rumored for a while now that he is going to be Boba Fett in the live action series. Now, I don't think I've ever asked you this. You know, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but I don't think I've ever asked you what you thought of him coming back to the role what six eight ten years later whatever it's going to be when it's finally finished and reprising his role as Boba Fett in the suit I mean how um, do you feel about that you know I don't really have a problem with it as long as he's sort of upped his skills as he's gotten older because right. uh, he wasn't exactly a fantastic actor I don't know that he'd be a crack uh, voice actor 
at this point, unless he's been doing a lot of studying all of the towards that end. Right. Uh, which, I mean, I wouldn't put past him. He's a professional actor, so there's every possibility that he has done the work and is much better than he was in episode two. Um, my only other issue is, like, I don't know, the whole... Boba being, like, a, a little kid clone of Jango Fett, who was a pretty laughable character in Episode 2, for the most part, getting his butt kicked the way that he did, and yeah. not really having anything to do. Um, and dying like a punk and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, it really brings down the whole Boba Fett mythos from, you know, the lofty place that it once was. So, uh, I mean, we've talked about the whole... EU controversy uh, to death, but um, from that standpoint, I'd rather not be reminded about it. Uh, I'd rather just sort of like go on with Boba Fett being as awesome as he was and trying to forget yeah. about baby Boba, but uh, but I'd also like to forget about, you know, baby Vader and uh, <laughs> all that sort of stuff as well. So it's, um, I don't know. If they could maybe justify the character a little bit with the Clone Wars, which is what they've done with a lot of other stuff in in regards to the Clone Wars, then then I welcome it. But it's tricky. It it could go really right or really wrong. Um, I think that we already have confirmed that Boba's coming for for the Clone Wars. Like he will. Oh yeah, yeah. Whether, whether he'll be in this season or not, we don't know. Right. But. But he definitely will be in it, and uh, yeah. And I think I, I, I think that that I look forward to it. But um, whether or not it'll be Daniel Logan, I don't know. I could see him. I could see him doing the role in in the uh, as the voice because the character isn't that old, isn't that much older than he was in Episode Two, right? Um, but you know, I have to agree with you on the Episode Two. He didn't really have much. He had what a few words, you know. Yeah. He said Tonwi, and he said uh, talk to. He talked to his dad Django for a second, so he didn't really get to show a lot of range or anything. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, like you said, maybe after the, so many years now, he's he's kind of worked on it, and maybe he's known about it for a while, and he's you know kind of working on his craft, if you will. And you know, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I have really a problem with. I know a lot of people like to to hear that. Um, someone taking over a role that they did previously, you know, and not have to. Uh, of course, the guy is in a suit, you know, and whether he'll take the take the helmet off like Django did, who knows? You know, we, we'll never know until it comes out. So, you know, I'm kind of on the fence with it, like yourself. Um, it's just one of those wait and see type of things. But I just kind of want to get your take on on him uh, reprising the role. So. Yeah. That's kind of what's going on in the, in the live action world. Oh, by the way, if anybody wants to see Tamara Morrison, who is Django Fett and the clones, if anybody wants to see him in a in a different setting from uh, Star Wars, he's actually in the movie uh, Couples Retreat. Couples Retreat, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and he's awesome. There's actually a couple of Star Wars alumni in that. Also... Peter Serafinowicz, who was the voice of Darth Maul, he was actually the uh, the, the camp uh, main camp guy, the guy who uh, they played a uh, guitar. The snoozy, 
the snooty British. Guy. Yeah, yeah, that's Darth Maul right there. That's, that's pretty funny. So, uh, yeah, a couple of guys in there, but yeah, it's Murray Morrison. There you go. There's our plug for uh, Couples Retreat. <laughs> it was a hilarious movie. Yeah. Know, was, yeah. Morrison and, and totally worth checking out. But, yeah. uh, but he's pretty good in it. So. It's nice to see him in a different setting. Yeah. I think he's a really good actor. I really like him. He's got a very unique uh, look and sound. Yeah. Well, that's the news. Let's, uh, let's see what's going on in the collecting world. Okay, we're headed over to some collecting news. Now, um, we had a big story, Mike, on uh, Toy Fair, so we covered a lot of collecting uh, a few weeks ago. But there was just one other uh, couple of small things coming out. You know, I'm into into the books, and there's a new uh, visual chronicle coming out. It's called Star Wars Year by Year, and it's a lavish, full-color photo pack guide to the entire Star Wars experience. Um, the history is compiled by Star Wars experts Ryder Windham, Dan Wallace, Jess Lopez, and Pablo Hidalgo, and is due out this August. And it looks really cool. There's uh, pictures of it on the Forcenet. It's got a picture of the cover and the back cover. And it's basically a whole visual guide from uh, Episode 1 to Episode 6 and pretty much everything in between uh, from all the years. So it's coming out with... Uh, or from authors, uh, Wyndham and Wallace. I mean, everybody's probably familiar with their work. They've done a lot of, lot of stuff, a lot of visual guides and um, books like that. And, and uh, Gus Lopez is a big-time collector, and then everybody else knows Pablo from uh, StarWars.com. So that's a book that I've, I'm uh, looking forward to getting uh, this year, as well as the making of The Empire Strikes Back. Um, I have the making of Return of the Jedi, and it's a really, it's an unbelievable piece. It's got just everything, everything they did. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those books, Mike. Um, pretty much just production stuff from every day of shooting, and it just breaks down everything they did and put tons of pictures and uh, insight into the whole into the whole process. So it's it's going to be a, a good book, and any any collectors out there that like that kind of thing, keep an eye out for that in August. Um, yeah, that'll be cool to have like the, uh, the stuff over the years, see how it, how it changes. Yeah, uh, yeah. So like 1977 to, uh, to 2010, it's a pretty big... <laughs> That's a large span. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Other than that, though, it's, it's pretty pretty quiet. I mean... Sideshow has their stuff coming out, and uh, Gentle Giant. You know, I just actually picked up a couple new things. I just got the Code of Kia uh, Rex figure. Um, that's a nice little piece. And I also just got a Sideshow 12-inch Flo uh, Koon to put on my mantle. Those are my latest two things, and I really love the Sideshow stuff. I know you're not too much into the 12-inch, no. but... Uh, Love that 12 inch stuff. I mean, there's so much detail and, and all the soft goods and, and uh, different arms it comes with and lightsabers. I mean, you can pose these things, they got all this articulation. So, a little more on the higher priced end, but uh, that's why I only get, get them once in a while. And you know, check eBay. I, I'm on eBay a lot looking for those things. Sometimes you can get really good deals on uh, 
people selling their uh, collections. So I'm trying to think what I just picked up because I did just get something. Um, I got I got Anakin in cold weather gear in anticipation of Obi Wan and Rex coming out. Uh Nice. Um, other than that, yeah, no, I haven't really been doing a lot of collecting of anything. I mean, the uh, the Olympics just wrapped up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it's been a little bit crazy in Vancouver. I'm actually kind of glad that there wasn't any episodes or anything like that because because uh, it gave me the uh, the opportunity to enjoy the majority of that. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think that the last episode that I did was what just before, just or just just in the midst of. E, I believe it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they had pretty much finished the uh, like that episode had aired before, like that break started when the Olympics started. Right. So um. So yeah, it was nice to have that time off, but it means that all of my money has gone towards that, um, and I haven't really had a lot of time to buy stuff. But I'm buying a lot of books lately, a lot of non-Star Wars-related books. Uh, so yeah, there just hasn't really been anything Star Wars to collect for me. Yeah, well, it's you know we yeah. got to gear up for uh, the 2010 season. You know, we got a bunch of stuff coming out later on this year, so. I've kind well, of tried I, to they have not even shown what's going to be at C5. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because Gentle Giant, Sideshow, and Hasbro will all have exclusives. And Hasbro will probably have a few exclusives. So, um, yeah, so I'm just waiting to see what kind of stuff is going to be there. Right. To see, uh, to see what I want to get. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll make one of your kids stand in line and wait for us. <laughs> They'll be the line guy. Yeah, here you go. We'll be back in an hour. I'll give you an extra ten bucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I guess we can head on over to the recap. You ready to go? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes, I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. Rex. She'll call me Captain or Sir. I make the rules now. I'm Ahsoka Tano. Jedi scum. For 800 years have I trained Jedi. Okay, here we go. Senate murders. On Coruscant, Senator Anaconda Farr is leading a movement to end the war. Padme Amidala braces herself for a monumental speech in support of its cause. A cause also championed by like-minded politicians Lolo Purs, Mon Monthma, and Bail Organa. Before the Senate Assembly, Padme warns that an escalation in military production will not end the war, but only prolong it, threatening destruction and financial devastation for the Republic. Her address is met with enthusiastic support, but the cold and methodical Senator Ni Dichi is not applauding. He meets with Padme outside the Senate chamber, and warns her not to make such unpatriotic speeches. Later in her offices, Padme and her colleagues share a toast for their success, but their private get-together is interrupted by the intrusive senator, Hallie Bertoni. The aged Kaminoan bartered her clone production efforts into a seat in the Senate, and she would like nothing more than to see Padme's peace-promoting efforts fail. 
where Tony goes so far as to brand the senators, senators as separatists for their anti-war stance. Anaconda asks for Tony to leave. Soon the Rodian senator becomes woozy, who clutches at his heart and collapses dead. Well, we must be doing something right if we've rattled Senator Bertoni. What matters is that we've made great strides in our fight against this bill. I know you've done a wonderful job leading the effort. I am just trying to do what's right. I only wish I'd tried doing that a long time ago. You're doing it now. To victory! And an end to this war! To victory. Uh, my heart... Uh, I can't breathe. Uncle, uh, what is it? Oh no! It's his heart! Please! Someone get help! A few days later, a funeral is held at a landing platform as Senator Farr's body is taken aboard a departing starship back to Rhodia. Lolo and Padme are saddened by the loss of their close friend. Chancellor Palpatine requests an audience with Senator Farr's allies in his office, where they are met by Inspector Lieutenant Tan Devo, who announces that Anaconda was murdered. What's happened? I'm afraid, my friends, that Lieutenant Devo here has some questions about Senator Farr. Do you know of anyone who, uh, oh, how to put this, hated Senator Farr enough to kill him? What? So, uh, I just got some notes, uh, Mike, I wanted to go over uh, as yep. far as his first act. <clears throat> you know, here we go with, this is another uh, one-off episode. You know, we've had some war going on. And this is kind of like the war that's going on inside the Senate. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of another look of what's going on. Um, and then we have, we got introduced to some new characters. We got, uh, I think it's Hallie Bertoni. She's yeah. a, a Kaminoan who wants to, uh, she wants to escalate this production, of course. You know, she's part of the, the Kaminoans and they're getting all this money from the Senate for making all these. So, of course, she wants to keep production going. And here's Padme saying, no, you know what? Let's, we don't want to do this anymore. Let's stop production and let's just work on the peacekeeping part. I'm still not sure why she wanted to stop production because at the end we'll get to why the reasons that uh, Palpatine wants to keep production going. Um, but, you know, this is, this is uh, Padme's big thing. She wants to go in here and tell the Senate, hey, let's stop all the production. And uh, like I said, Valley and her, uh, or Tony and her, who, who's her uh, cohort? Uh, oh, what was his name? Oh, it was just a second ago in the recap. Um, oh, Dichi. Dichi. Yeah, Dichi. You know, they, you know they're on the same thing. They, they want to, uh, you know, yeah. money coming in is good. Uh, we also got introduced again to Mon Monthma. Yeah. From first, it, first time she's spoken, I think, right? First time, yeah. I, I was to say, she, she's she been speak? on before, but okay. not not speaking. Yeah. So we get to hear her again, and of course, what they've done with this with this series is they've matched her voice very well. She sounded much like she did in Return of the Jedi, and yeah. cut scenes from Episode Three. You know who one of the best voice matches so far is? 
uh, who he's in this episode is Bail Organa. Bail, yeah. And uh, and yeah, a lot of you will be surprised to hear that it's Phil Lamar, who uh, who also plays Kit Fisto. Kit Fisto, yeah. And uh, and and in other TV series, he played uh, on Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. He played Green Lantern John Stewart. So uh, yes. yeah, that's that's a talented voice actor. He's also Hermes on uh, on Futurama. In case anybody was wondering, <laughs> Did I know but yeah, his his voice acting in this, like you would think that it was Jimmy Smith's. Like there's, oh yeah, there's no, I don't know, like uh, there's no difference. There's no there's no audible difference. He's a really good voice actor. Yeah, that's that's what I, one of the nice things about this is they do try to, you know, with Obi Wan Kenobi and 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 the rest of them try to match as, as well as they can um yeah. and then we get uh anaconda far he's back again um, yeah we saw him in bombad jedi and he's been actually in a couple more episodes but um earlier or beginning of this episode he talks about how you know he want he made a mistake uh earlier um and if you remember in bombad jedi he was uh looking for hell basically for Rodia. They needed supplies, they needed protection, and they were looking to uh, the, the uh, you know, the Federation or whatever, not the Federation, but uh, the Senate for help, and you know, here comes the Separatists, they come to help out first. So he goes, okay, Separatists, come on, you know, he, he sides with uh, was it Lot Dodd or in Bomban Jedi? I think uh, it was with Lot Dodd. Basically, yeah, he, he's with the Separatists. And it turns out in that episode, he ends up uh, going back to the Republic and with Padme, and they arrest, um, I think it was Lot Dodd. So he talks about how he made a mistake earlier, and, th- and this is what he's talking about, was that episode in Bomba Jedi. So he's yeah. back to the Senate, he's trying to make amends, and he's trying to uh, make up for what happened earlier. So, uh, and then, uh, of course... Tom Kenny as Tan Devo, who yeah. is SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah, SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah. Big episode for voice actors, really. Yeah, yeah. like sort of the the headliners. I mean, most of the headliners are regulars on this show because, uh, yeah, they're just like they're pulling from the best voice voice actors in the biz. But yeah, to bring Tom Kenny on, very very cool. Yeah, he was kind of you know he plays Tan Devo, the inspector, and he's kind of. He comes off as kind of like a know-it-all, yeah. Uh, kind of an odd character. Um, at first, when I first saw him, I was like, "Whoa!" It kind of it's for being a human um, in the series. He, his his the artistry on it was a little off. It was a little different for me. It took me a minute to get used to it. Yeah, he was a little funny looking. Yeah, for sure. But but he kind of he kind of grows on you. Yeah, That's kind it. of in the same way that um that the trend ocean from season. one. Right. right. I can't remember his name. But how he was sort of like, he was not what we were used to seeing. Just took it a little bit farther. Yeah, definitely. Than uh, we're used to. Yeah. Uh, let's see, let's uh, continue here. Lieutenant Devo reveals an unknown chemical was found in Senator Farr's bloodstream. Devo's condescending tones indicate he cares little for politicians, and he'd rather not have any of them interfere in the investigation. Padme can't help but speculate who might have wanted Anaconda dead? 
The clone troop bill was indeed controversial and could have fostered many enemies. Padme suggests to Bail, Lolo, and Mon that the bill be postponed while they undertake their own investigation. She reasons that the Senate will be too distracted by rumors surrounding a murder, uh, a murdered senator, to focus on the bill. You know, there's a there's a great line here by Lieutenant Diva, and it kind of brings out a little bit of uh, comedy effect to the to this episode and to this, his character. Uh, he had he had mentioned something about uh, well. He, I said that he meant he thought he was the smartest. He thinks he's the smartest in the room. And yeah. he had a he had a quote as uh, he said something about politicians always have something to hide. And then he turns around and he goes, "Wait a minute, I'm in a full, uh, room full of politicians. Look who I'm talking to. Never mind." Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of a good line, and he has a couple of those uh, throughout this, throughout the uh, episode. So yeah, but I felt like of- overall he was kind of an underused character. You know, like there was no real conflict with him. Although he was like, "Don't get involved, stay out of my way, let me do my job." Right. He never really had a moment of like, you know, you guys think that I'm a bumbling idiot, but look, I'm actually not. Like he almost did, but not really. Like it wasn't strong enough. Right. And right. Uh, and and he also like Padme solves the, the exactly. Mystery. That's what I was gonna say. So right. it's like, was he even really necessary? Could it have been? anybody could it have just been a droid and let's get right down to it a jedi would have been assigned to this yeah you know like i guess unless you're like well there's the jedi are all over the galaxy fighting blah 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 i would imagine that a jedi would be brought in if a senator was murdered right right like i you know he might be like this is this looks like it was murder and then moments later it's like i guess we're gonna have to bring the jedi in to figure this one out you know because you murder a senator, I should hope that it warrants a Jedi showing up to <laughs> yeah. figure. Definitely. But I, I don't know. Yeah, well... I'm sure they just wanted to get away from it. But, you know, like... I don't know. I'm more inclined to have the Jedi in the episodes than not in the episodes. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, you... Uh, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, Padme... We'll find out in a little bit. Padme solves the uh, the issue here. So it's yeah. kind of like, what what was he exactly there for then? I mean, he, as other than a little bit of, you know, a bumbling idiot type of thing. But uh, I don't know. I kind of, you know, he kind of grows on me, like I said. He had a couple of good lines. But um, let's see, where where was I here? Amidala begins by questioning Senator Dicci and Bertoni, the most pronounced of Far's political opponents. They scoff at any accusations of guilt pointing out that Anaconda's campaigns provided grist for so much of their pro-military efforts. Dichi admits that he and Farr followed on occasion and that the Rodian had a clandestine meeting at the docks under the Derek Major. That night, Bale and Padme skulk about the Derricks looking for clues. A cloaked assailant gets the drop on them by releasing a cargo container on top of them. The two senators barely escape being crushed, the assailant fires at the senators before running away into the darkness. Okay, now here's where I got a little confused. I couldn't figure out why. I mean, I know Padme and Bale were sent there by uh, uh, Tony, And mm-hmm. uh, so I can't figure out why they went, though. I mean, what were they expecting to find there? I don't know if I was yeah. missing something. Um. You know, other than just I think, I think clues, I, you know, I couldn't figure that one out. I think Dietschy mentioned that, like, there was a 
some sort of clandestine meeting going down, like like a you know some sketchy right. was about to happen, and that if they could catch the murderer doing like you know in the transaction, that they'd be able to arrest them and and all that sort of thing. But uh, but it just ends up being a trap. Yeah. And and it's- see if it was if it was a Jedi. It would have been Anakin and Obi Wan walking into it, going, "You know, this is a trap, right?" And it's like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, of course it is." Well, what do we do next? You know, spring the trap. Yeah. Well, that's from is that from the series or is that from the movies? I can't remember. Like that's that's how good these these episodes are. Sometimes is that like I don't remember where it came from. Huh? Was yeah. that a moment from episode two or three, or was that an, a moment from one of the one of the episodes of the series? Yeah, good point. Because there is a moment, isn't there, where Anakin says, "You know, this is a trap," and and uh, and Obi Wan goes, "Of course I do," and he goes, "Well, what are we going to do next?" And Obi Wan goes, "Spring the trap." Isn't oh, that? yeah, that was uh... that was from an episode, wasn't it? Yeah, no, that was from one of the movies. That was from one of the movies. Was Spring that the trap? I remember seeing uh, Ewan McGregor say that. Just kind of, just when you said that, it reminded me. Um, yeah. Wow. But yeah, like you said, <laughs> that could have came from the Clone Wars, you know, because you know, that's been said before. Those two yeah. have that kind of a banter in the Clone Wars series, so I can see why you say that. Yeah. Um, the police arrive, and Lieutenant Debo is annoyed that Amidala cannot keep her nose out of his investigation. Amidala nonetheless continues and speculates that Dichi may have purposely sent her and Bale to a trap at the docks. She races to Dichi's office only to find the Ambaran dead stabbed through the heart with a dagger. We alerted the killer. Yes, that's what I'm saying. What if we were sent here on purpose? To the docks? Yes. What if this was all a setup? What if Dichi sent us here just so he could kill us? If we hurry, we might still be able to catch Dichi before he leaves the Senate. Agreed. But wait, I'm still investigating. This is still an active crime scene. You can't... Oh, fine. Senator Dichi, I'm sure you're surprised to see me after what you... <gasps> He's dead. He's been stabbed. This is definitely going to require another report. We were just talking about that scene where Amidala and Bale were... She was actually uh, going after the uh, yeah. mysterious person. And, and I can assume that it was Lolo, but you kind of never really saw her. She was kind of... And she had the cloak on, and I tried to pick out like some hands, yeah. but it was really hard to pick anything out, so... They did a good job of hiding it, yeah. Yeah. As opposed to most cartoons, which make it really obvious or or ridiculously unobvious, like giving the person, the character, like another three feet. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, like making them just like a sh- like one black mass and a gun pops out or whatever. Right. But, yeah. Um, yeah, they did a good job of masking it and keeping you guessing. I mean, it was it was pretty obvious throughout the episode who was actually behind it and who the twist was. Yeah. Especially once you find, once they return and, and Dichi is dead, you're like, well, obviously it's, yeah. you know. And um, again, why was, why was Lolo there and how did she know? You know what I mean? Yeah. I couldn't figure yeah. that one out either, but maybe that's just part of the, you know, move things along. 
contrivance yeah. a little bit. So, anyways, go ahead, Mike. You're yeah. Lieutenant Devo requests that Senator Amidala and her allies stay in the confines of her office for the time being, under police protection. A move Amidala decides is prudent. Lolo, however, is impatient and finds Devo incompetent. She storms away while Devo continues his questioning. Realizing that Senator Bertoni was the only other person present when Dichi suggested the rendezvous at the docks, Devo leaves to question the Kaminoan, but she is not in her office. A frantic Lolo Purs comes racing back to Padme's office, claiming she was attacked by Senator Bertoni. The police droids catch Bertoni in the East Wing Corridor and bring her to the Chancellor's office for questioning. Bertoni is mystified by the interrogation, insisting on her innocence. Devo receives the forensic evidence report, concluding that the poison in Anno's bloodstream was engineered by Kaminoans to affect Rodians. As Devo moves to arrest Bertoni, something nags at Padme. If the poison was in all their drinks and engineered to kill Rodians, then surely Lolo Purs would also have been affected. She then realizes that Lolo never drank, that she knew the drinks were poisoned, for she was in truth the killer. So here it is. Um, we find, you know, Padme is the one that uh, that finds out what's going on, and with a little help from Devo, I'll give him a little credit because yeah. he did find out that the poison was uh, made by Kaminoans to only affect yeah. Rodians. So I guess he did help a little bit there, and Padme is the one that kind of pieced everything together, and she remembered that uh, Lolo didn't drink. So you know. I guess for a Padme episode, um, this is probably, so far, probably one of the better ones for a Padme episode. I'm not saying it's the great, greatest episode, but yeah. for her, it, it, for one of her, quote, her episodes, it's, it's, it was pretty good so far. So, uh, Cornered, uh, Lolo produces a blaster and takes Padme as a hostage. Lolo reveals that Ono's murder was in revenge for involving their homeworld in the Clone Wars and briefly siding with the Separatists. When the opportunity opens, Padme smacks the weapon from Lolo's hand and knocks her out cold with a solid punch to the jaw. So, like I said earlier um, about Anacondo and, and him siding with the Separatists, this is basically why Lola took him out. You know, she yeah. thought he was weak, and couldn't handle his position and she was going to take him out. And I don't know if she thought she was going to take over. I guess maybe she was next in command. That was never really um, never really said. But uh, yeah. that was her reasoning for taking him out. She wasn't happy with him. So, But here's another thing that I caught. I don't know if anybody else saw this. When Lolo takes Padme hostage and she points the gun they do a quick shot to Palpatine, right? And he has a slight smile. And it's yeah. pretty quick, but it was something that I picked up on right away. I go, wow, that's pretty cool. Because they do these little things like that. And, you know, he gets a smile like, ooh, is Padme going to get taken out here? This could work out for me, you know? Being in the, Yeah, yeah, the this, could, this could set my, uh, my plans ahead yeah. a couple of years, yeah. Yeah, because if Padme's dead, Anakin's going to flip out. And if Anakin flips out, well, then he can turn him to the dark side. Yeah, he, he can, can turn, turn him quicker. to the dark side, then that's because that's all he ever waits for, right? He just waits for Anakin to turn. 
and then once Anakin is turned, he executes Order 66. So right. that's really the only thing that he's waiting on is just his new apprentice, you know, just just for Anakin to be powerful right. enough that the two of them can take over right. uh, and kill all the Jedi. And, all that. So. and then Padme throws a little right cross at him, at the uh, at Lolo. Wow, it's getting a little violent. Yeah. <laughs> It's a little hardcore. She's got some action going on here. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, go ahead. You want to finish? Yeah. Later, the Senate votes on the clone troop bill. The motion to scale back war production is defeated, ensuring that more clone troopers will continue to be created for the security of the Republic. After all that, we lost. I know this decision was most unexpected. I myself don't support it, but... Democracy must stand. Of course. You are right, Chancellor. Mm. Actually, given recent events, perhaps it is for the best. Uh, how can we justify fortifying our security here in the Senate if we don't also provide reinforcements on the front lines? You see, the victory of the clone army, for now, is the only thing that can lead us to peace. So, uh, so after all of that, they lose. Uh, yeah. But we see the beginning of, of, you know, the Rebel Alliance. Right. Um, especially, like, like this is sort of like one of those origin stories. This is when, uh, you know, these, these four... Well, actually, because we haven't seen... Um, what's his face? The other old guy. Something Fang or something. Fang something. I can't remember. Uh, the huh. old, the old black guy. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That was that was cut from episode three. Right, right. But he in that meeting, they're supposed to have that meeting for the beginning of the uh, Rebel, the Rebel Alliance. Alliance, right? With Mon um, Mothma. Yeah. yeah, with Mon Mothma, Padme, uh, Bale, and uh, and that guy. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get like. You know the beginnings of that of what will later be the Rebel Alliance. Um, so that was kind of cool. But overall, you know, like this episode, just it honestly seemed pointless to me. It didn't do anything for any of our main characters to right. uh, to develop their characters or make it more interesting. Uh, we ended up losing a character that we didn't necessarily have to lose in his uh, in his second main appearance in the series. Which was on a kind of far, uh -huh. um, which they have this syndrome of killing off characters in this series, and I don't understand why. Like, I I guess I understand that it's like, you know, raising the stakes that these people keep dying, and so you know anybody is is uh, in danger. But it's like, come on, we know that the majority of our characters are not going to die because we know that they're in episode three. So I guess they want to keep it. Yeah kind of like sketchy like who's gonna who's gonna get screwed up this time like is it gonna be Ahsoka is it gonna be Rex you know like uh, are we gonna lose uh, Bilarin or whatever well no of course not because he's in episode 4 um, yeah, yeah. you know like everybody's safe and they, they keep trying to fake us out and it's like you know what nobody's faked out nobody's worked yeah. so and like if you keep killing off new characters we're never gonna get into any of those new characters 
games, you know? Because, like, what's the point if you're just going to kill them off repeatedly? But yeah, maybe that's just me. <laughs> well, you know, I have... I'm just, and like, like I had said uh, in our last episode, you know, Padme episode, not going to be that exciting. I'm not really that excited for it, not interested. And uh, I was right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you there. I mean, definitely just kind of a throwaway episode. Um, yeah. You know, they're trying to show you what's going on inside, besides the war. And that's fine. And, and for a Padme which, episode... Which could have been very cool had yeah. we got to something that was a real debate. Like, this was just like, we don't like war. Stop the war. And I think it would have been more interesting if it would have been like, look... Clones are wrong. Like, <laughs> using a clone army is not okay. We should not have clones. So it should have been a bill to, like, oppose the the use of clones. And then we could have had an actual discussion about, you know, the morals behind using a cloned army to fight your battles for you. You know, yeah. like sending them off to die. Creating them only to kill them. And whether or not, you know you have any right to do that and then have you could have had some clone troopers in there that would have been like you know giving their interesting side of the story but yeah but there were next to no clone troopers in this uh there were only like a couple of jedi Uh, yoda and mace make an appearance but do not say anything um right yeah it was uh yeah i think it was pretty weak episode probably one of the weaker ones of the series so far well, uh, here's, not as bad as lightsaber lost, but pretty yeah. Cool. Well, they had here's here's some points that here's some things that I picked out that I thought were fairly well. Um, when Anaconda was getting buried, they had the Senate guards, and they had they, they did their little uh, cadence flourishes, or you know, uh, um, what's the, what I'm trying? I don't even know what they call it in in. Uh, when they do everything together, kind of like they're yeah, like a little yeah, like a little march thing. Yeah, they're kind of doing that, and that was kind of a little cool little nod there. Uh, again, we saw Mon Mantha, and we got to hear her speak. She looked really, she looked good. Uh, the way they did her and her voice was done very well. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I like? Um, oh, we got to see uh, the Cantina aliens, the Biths. They were actually in that scene at the. Uh, at the funeral too. I don't know if you noticed them. I did not even notice. You didn't notice? Yeah. So we got a new species this episode. Yeah. Cool. The Biths. They, there must be something coming up. Maybe. That Maybe. that they just were getting ready or something. Yeah. This is one of those episodes that could be totally out of order as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Which the next episode, next week's episode, is also an episode that I believe is out of order. Not could be. I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. But. Okay. Um, because it takes place on Christophsis. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Well, let's do that. Let's uh let's jump into the mailbag. Let's jump let's, into the mailbag. Um, let's talk about how I am from the future. Uh everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh head flight weapons malfunction, but uh everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? We're sending a squad up. Uh uh, negative, negative. We have a, a reactor leak here uh, now. Give us a few minutes to lock it down. Uh, large leak, very dangerous. Who is this? What's your operating number? Uh, boring conversation anyway. Luke, we're going to have company! Uh, 
Okay, so in the mailbag, we got a piece of mail from Stephen from Ormskirk, England. And he says, hi, guys. I don't know if you already know this, but we here in the UK seem to be getting episodes before the US now. How did this happen? The episode Senate Murders aired on Saturday the 13th here on Sky Movies Premiere. I have just watched the next episode called Cat and Mouse as this aired on Saturday the 20th. I will not spoil anything for you, but I enjoyed this episode, especially when a cool new weapon is revealed to us. Keep up the good work, guys. Looking forward to your podcast on Senate Murders. Uh, cheers from Stephen. Uh, Stephen from Ormskirk, England. So, uh, Wow, so, even yeah. England. Yeah, even England's getting... This is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, somebody <laughs> at Cartoon Network really screwed the uh, the uh, the rancor on this one. Yeah, wow, everybody's <laughs> uh, getting it for us. Yeah, you guys are a week behind. And, wow. uh, and we're all watching. We've already all seen Cat and Mouse, and it's an awesome episode. And you <laughs> oh, guys have no. seen Senate Murders, and you're all disappointed about it and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so... Poor guys. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, we'll catch up here. I don't know. That's not looking too good, though. If yeah, everything hopefully. plays out like it is, you know. Yeah, hopefully at some point, I don't know. Maybe they're planning on doing like a double episode or something like that to catch us up. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully. So all you Canadians and UKans. Yeah. Lucky. Well, I mean, up here we were really behind for a while. I wasn't because I watched them through other other ways mm-hmm. i guess um through right. other channels but i uh, but up here on on teletoon the whole mandalorian trilogy hadn't aired until the night that uh that senate murders aired and we got all four episodes at once so for most people in canada it was four brand new episodes oh okay uh-huh. uh, right wow yeah. So and and nice. now we're we're a week ahead. Week ahead. Come on, Cartoon Network, catch us up. Yep. I think it's because they want more people watching Cartoon Network throughout April, so they delayed stuff because in April they've got um, Adventure Time starting, oh, and I yeah. think that they're really pushing for that to be a big show. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what block that's in, but I think it's on Friday nights. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, uh, Stephen, and cheers to you from England. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, and then we got, uh, let's head on over and uh, check out the forum post of the week. Sure. Okay, so uh, so our forum post comes from Commander Bly, who actually he was our forum post last week. As well, was it? Last episode. Yeah, but that's okay. If oh, you, I didn't know if that. Contributing awesome stuff, that's when you get more stuff uh yeah, <laughs> you get more stuff read <laughs> if you're if you're gonna contribute awesome stuff. So he his subject was uh, fave Star Wars book. He also posted this on Facebook. Oh, okay. So that was okay. one of the main reasons why we decided to go with this one. For this right, week. right. Uh, and he says, "What is your fav- favorite Star Wars book? I really like the Fate of the Jedi series, and I'm also reading the Secret Mission series. My favorite book would probably be Outbound Flight by Timothy Zahn." Post your thoughts here. I'm actually writing a book and will try to post chapter one here soon. Wow. So that's kind of cool that he's writing his own book. He's writing a book. He's going to post it for us. Yeah. There we go. He didn't um, say Star Wars related, but I'm no, assuming no, it is. No, no, whatever. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
we're, um, we're, uh, we're a community over there at the Geek Out Loud forums, and, uh, and I'm sure that everybody will enjoy uh, reading this book. So you want to go first with your favorite, or you want me to go? Yeah, I think it's it's no secret what my favorite Star Wars books are, and it's the uh, the Han Solo adventure series from the uh, from the the early '80s that were written by Brian Daly. You can buy them now, uh, compiled into one book. But if you look, you take a look at garage sales and that sort of thing, you can probably find vintage copies of the originals. Um, they, it starts with Han Solo at Star's End, and then Han Solo's Revenge and Han Solo and the Lost Legacy. Han Solo's Revenge has my um, my favorite Star Wars EU quote of all time, and that's uh, deft hands in a pure heart triumph once again, which is shouted by Han Solo as he... as Okay, this is awesome, because <laughs> most people don't know this. As he outflies like six other guys on swoop bikes, Brian Daly is the one who created swoop bikes. That's ah, the first appearance okay. is in that, not in shadows of the empire. Like most people think. Mm-hmm. And it explains that swoop bikes are like, they're, they're souped up. Essentially they take an engine from like a speeder, an air speeder, and they just strap like steering mechanisms to it. And they explain it all in the book. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's the first time that you see them, and uh, and and it even predates uh, speeder bikes. I'm pretty sure. Wow. So, nice. yeah. All right. Um, let's see. I'd have to think back. See, I, my first foray into the EU and Star Wars books was Timothy Zahn's trilogy, or the Empire trilogy, um, and those yeah, are really good. Everybody says that, and I don't understand why because stories were such crap you didn't like those stories i hate them really i i really don't like uh the timothy zahn stuff you don't like him as anything he does or just those things i don't i don't like his star wars novels um his his star wars stuff just doesn't ring true to me Hmm. um yeah like his uh, I don't know. I'm a big Han Solo fan, right? And his Han Solo just sucks, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he introduced hot chocolate into the Star Wars universe. <laughs> and uh, and I don't think that that was necessary. Probably, yeah, that's probably not necessary. I'll, you give, know, I'll give you that one. I, I would think that that, like, that was the, the, the gateway drug to calf. Yeah. You know, like that was what allowed somebody to come up with calf and put that in a, yeah. in a, you know, is like being mundane and being like, yeah, Luke Skywalker discovered something called hot chocolate and it's his favorite drink. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but that's lame. You're not, you know, that. I get you on that one. But he did like, come I, out. I, I get why Luke Skywalker would be all about the hot chocolate because he's a very passive, uh, sort of, um, non-anxious presence kind of guy and that and and hot chocolate really suits that kind of person but we didn't need to know what his favorite hot beverage was you know like that just wasn't necessary yeah and then and then his han solo is just terrible his han solo doesn't have any of the things that make han solo great and i know he's supposed to have mellowed a little bit with age 
and that sort of thing. But at the same time, you you don't neuter one of your best characters, you know. And Han Solo and Luke Skywalker pretty much had the same voice in that book, in that that series of books. And for me, that just doesn't fly. I don't know. They need to be different characters. They're not the same guy. He, well, which is one of the reasons true. why I, I like the Han Solo adventures because they're totally swashbuckler books and they capture Han Solo and Chewbacca and the kind of guys that they were before they met Luke and Obi-Wan in that cantina, you know, like, and got mixed up with all that crap. So it just, I don't know. And it's total pulp adventure and it's in the vein of true star Wars and all of that stuff. And, and I, I, I just love it. I, I love when the stuff stays close to its roots so I just feel like too many of the books have, have gone too sci-fi, not enough fantasy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not enough of, of what not enough of the pulp action serials that they're based on. And uh, and the good books do it, you know, the good books stick with the fantasy thing and just pull from science fiction to to strengthen that stuff. Like yeah. the uh, I don't know, my other favorite series is the uh the Dark Nest trilogy. Which is the one, the story that bridges the New Jedi Order to um, legacy? Legacy, yeah, yeah, legacy, of course. Right, um, and it's just the three book trilogy, and the, and that's what they're going going back to. They're gonna stop with this whole, you know, twelve book arc, four year project thing right. that they've been doing, you know, and they're and they're just gonna get good good writers to write you know, one-off books or, or one-off trilogies, you know, and just like write three really great books, mm-hmm. just one story that's interesting. Right. And, uh, and I, I look forward to that a lot more than the whole, you know, we got to tell a huge overarching contiguous story. Right. Well, you know, Zahn did come up with a, a very popular character in Brad, Grand Admiral Thrawn. So, yeah, There's and, some good and Marriage Aid. Marriage Aid, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and, and Gilad Pelion, who's one of my favorite characters in the Expanded Universe. I love his character. But I didn't love his character until the New Jedi Order. Okay. See, because I started re- reading New Jedi Order first, and then went back and read the, the Thrawn stuff, all, all the Zahn trilogy, okay. later on. And I only got about halfway through the second book before I gave up. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I really fell in love with the character of Gilad Paleon in I don't know, I guess like the third or fourth of the New Jedi Order books, where he he's essentially the one who says to the Remnant, the Imperial Remnant, "Look, we need to band together with the New Republic if we're going to defeat." the Yuuzhan Vong and any of us survive. Like if we don't, we can't hold them back. The new Republic can't hold them back, but maybe together we can. Uh-huh. And that's, what's important because preservation of life is the most important thing. It's not about the, like the emperor is dead. It's not about his empire anymore. It's not about that. It's about, you know, just preserving life and doing the right thing. And so he ends up taking his group of star destroyers, like his fleet, and joining with the New Republic and ends up being one of their greatest commanders. So, you know, I really liked him, but not because of what, what Zahn did. Right. Okay. Well, let's see. What else do I got? I got, uh, 
See, I just read Rise of Darth Vader. That was pretty good. Uh, I've read the uh, Bane. I'm on the second Bane novel. I'm going to read all three of those. And that first one was pretty darn good. Yeah, I, like that. I, I hear that those are good. Yeah. People tell me those are pretty good. So those... I really like a, a lot of the Clone Wars stuff. And I don't mean uh-huh. like the, the animated Clone Wars, but the stuff that was happening actually between Episode 2 and 3. Okay, um, yeah. Especially the stuff by Matthew Stover. Like uh, Shatterpoint was right. one of his. I believe that was that was him, right? Yeah, that was Stover. Yeah, and uh, and then he ended up doing the uh, the novelization for Episode Three, which I haven't read, but I've heard from everybody is great. And then uh, does he do the Rise of Lord Vader? Uh, the Rise of Lord Vader is uh, Lucino. That's Lucino. Okay, yeah, Lucino. but they worked they worked really closely together because. Because they he Lucino wrote the book that leads up to episode three, doesn't he? I, yeah, right, right. The Trials of the Jedi or something like that. Yeah. You know, another popular book is, and I thought it was a pretty good read too, was Shadows of the Empire, that mm-hmm. introduced uh, Zizor and a few other characters. That's a pretty popular book. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorites. Um, some guys in the forum, uh, Grievous fan ninety one, he's a fan of. Uh, Labyrinth of Evil, Jedi Trial, the Thrawn Trilogy, the Death Troopers, which is uh, just this year, or late last year, uh, yeah. Darth Bane books. Uh, who else? We have uh, Darth Slim. He, again, he talks about the rise of Darth Vader, so that's a couple there. Oh, Darth Maul's Shadow Hunter. I heard that was good. I haven't read that one yet, but I heard that's really good. Oh, yeah. And then I've, Clone Wars. Um, yeah. Have you heard of uh, JC from New Hampshire? He's talking about uh, the Lost Tribe of the Sith ebooks, and that's something that I haven't heard of yet. I'll have to check it out. No, oh, I've never. It says they never. tie in Cross Current and the Fate of the Jedi series. So, oh, okay. Uh, it must be something new. So, that's some of the stuff that the guys on the forums are talking about. And then, of course, I haven't read any of the Travis novels, but I hear they're pretty good too. I don't know. I liked I them. I liked them at the time, but looking back on them, I don't really think that I liked them that much, as much as I thought I did. Not as much as I just saying. Yeah. I just really like the Republic Commandos, and I think that that's where everybody else is at. Is that they just I think really so. like Republic Commandos? Yeah. And the idea behind them. Now, Karen Travis didn't create the Republic Commandos. They were created for the video game, and the writers of that video game created them. So, you know. It's not really her stuff. She fleshed them out a lot uh-huh. and and did all that stuff for the Mando, but I mean we all know it's now a moot point anyway, so Yeah. Moot point. So uh yeah, anyway, Commander Bly. Thanks for the post. Keep it up, guys, in the posts and on Facebook. Keep this Yeah, for sure. Keep it coming. And uh I guess we'll get into the upcoming episode description, even though you've already seen it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's called Cat and Mouse, for those of us in the United States that haven't seen it yet. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, the tag here is, Bail Organa is trapped on the Separatist-controlled planet of Christophsis as Anakin and Obi-Wan are dispatched to rescue him. An encounter with a mysterious Admiral Trench leads the Jedi into more danger than they bargained for. And here's a preview. Incoming fire! When you're locked in battle with this guy, I smell fear. 
Hello, ugly. And it smells good. You need a secret weapon. I brought a new toy that might give us an advantage. A very secret weapon. It's a stealth ship. That's some trick. Enemy ship closing. They're going to hit us! Join the battle next Friday at 9. Time to introduce ourselves. Fire! Only on Cartoon Network. So, Mike, you've already seen it. <laughs> and yeah, so I've, I've already seen it. You said it's pretty darn good, so I'm looking forward to this. Oh, it is such a good episode. It okay. is so good. Oh, man. Uh, you, you, you guys are missing out. You're totally missing out not getting to see this stuff. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm overhyping it just because. Uh, Great. There you go. Overhyping everything again. No. But, um,. You know what? This episode fulfills one of the things that I have been wanting the most from from this series since it began uh, almost two years ago. Yeah. And that is uh, Space Battles. Ah, like, yes. This is an episode that focuses almost entirely on a space battle. So Outstanding. Yeah, like that just really is awesome in my books. It's still not what I want to see, which is dog fights and uh and you know like maybe a little bit more of like what we saw in shadow of malevolence but uh right right but better <laughs> but more not so much flying around and a little bit more combat um but yeah like a super weapon that needs to be taken down and some starfighters that need to go in and do it uh, particularly jedi starfighters and v19 torrents all right but uh that that's just a me it's a little piping. tease huh <laughs> yeah, but um, it's a, it, you know what this one it's it's a it's like a submarine battle sort of thing. Like it's a lot. It's a, it, there's a lot of stuff that really reminds me of um, Hunt for Red October and all that sort of. Uh, Silent Running was that a that was a movie, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was like sort of same thing as Hunt for Red October. Okay. Yeah. Um, where it's like it's 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 submarine battle type stuff. Uh, but very, very cool. And introducing an awesome new bad guy that's going to make for a wicked figure. All right, so, new figure. Here we go. Yeah. So Nice. So, yeah, be excited about that, everybody. Um, and I guess that's our episode. I guess that's it, huh? That's everything. So, uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with us with no... Uh, no episodes during the break, really, other than the, the live podcast. Yeah. Um, and uh, and don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com, which, if you missed the live show, it's probably because you don't go to our website enough. Uh, we also post other news and information on, on the site on a regular basis, so uh, you should head over there and check it out. If you're not feeling like going there and checking it out all the time, you should try following us on Twitter because Twitter, if you yeah. do, you're gonna get the updates as soon as they're posted on the website. So, uh, so that's two ways to hear all about it, uh, and that's a username Clone Wars. So Twitter.com/slash/CloneWars for our Twitter account, and uh, and if if that's not good enough, and you still aren't hearing about stuff uh, about our news and and upcoming things and all that sort of stuff. You can also join our uh, fan page on Facebook, which gets updated automatically whenever we update the website. So that's facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast. Uh, and, uh, and after you're done joining us on all of those websites and pages and Twitters and 
all that sort of stuff, uh, head over to the Geek Out Loud forums at www.geekoutpodcast.com slash forums and, uh, and get in on our conversations. And, uh, and if you're posting there, uh, you might get your, your post read on the show. Yes. And, uh, and as always, uh, you know, send in your emails to myself and Matt. That's Mike at CloneWarsPodcast.com and Matt at CloneWarsPodcast.com, respectively. Don't don't be afraid to, like, send the, the one email to both of us because that kind of makes it easier because then we're both yeah. reading them. Um, yeah. But either way, it doesn't really matter. You know matter. what? And if, and if you don't like to write, and I mentioned this on the yeah. live show, you know what? If you have a smartphone, iPhone, iPod Touch, use that microphone feature Record something real quick. Hey, this is what's going on, and email it to us. It's so easy to do. And and if you don't like to type and write or deal with all that, do it right from your phone, and we can even play it on the podcast and comment yeah. on it from there. So if you have one of those, try that. And uh, and and one last thing before we leave, I just want to thank Jason Hunt oh, for yes. our new opening, uh, which you would have heard at the beginning of the episode. Because uh, he took it on himself to do a new, a new opening for the show, uh, so now we finally awesome. have one that mentions both myself and Matt, Woo-hoo! and it's awesome. He does, yeah. he does such a good job, such a good job. So I hope you guys like that, and uh, and you've got Jason to thank for that. Jason, I think it's Boyd on the forum. So shout out to Jason. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Yeah, uh, and uh, and that's it. So. Uh, so I guess as we uh, as we close out the show for another week, uh, we, we're gonna hear from Admiral Akbar, right? Yes, as he always likes to say and, and let us know. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>